Hi everyone, my name is Andy. I'm one of the leaders here at Flood, and it's really good to be with you today. Um, I'm just going to assume that we're all missing each other, so I would, I would just reach out, encourage you to reach out to the WhatsApp group, say hello, even chat on the box today if you're online. Let's just be connected to each other and fill each other with energy. This is a really hard season, uh, hard for a lot of reasons with different people. Um, and they, these are just the times that we need each other to be, uh, to be close. And uh, we're going through a series right now that's called Picture This, How Jesus' Parables Give Us Hope. This whole COVID-19 thing is not going to go away for a while. And it's, it is going to be our new normal. And I think this series is so timely. At least it has been for me. And I hope that as we try to stay rooted in Jesus' love for us and hope for the kingdom to come here on earth, that this series will be really special for you and helpful. So this week, we're going to be talking about the parable of the lost sheep. This is a very commonly known, sometimes favorite parable of Jesus, and we're going to be looking at it in Luke. Now, to set the stage for this parable, Jesus was coming under severe criticism uh, from Old Testament believing Pharisees and the religious teachers of the, of the day. And the reason he was, was because he was actively seeking out and spending time talking and eating with the non-religious. People that the official you know, Jewish religion wanted nothing to do with. Um, they were the outcasts. They were classified as sinners. Um, people of very low reputation. People in the polite society that didn't want to have, they tried to avoid like the plague. This is what it says. This man welcomes sinners. He even eats with them. <laughs> I can almost just taste the disgust, and you can hear this being said uh, coming from these teachers, these religious gatekeepers. And I nearly laugh a little bit um, in thinking about this because if you were around for the first part of Flood, even today I would say, um, I think Flood Blantyre's <laughs> reputation might be known like this. Um, that we welcome all the sinners to church. And I, I personally am quite proud of being a part of a congregation like that. And um, I'm glad that you are too. So we're in this moment with, with, with Jesus being feeling very criticized. And instead of him just glaring at the people and saying, no, you're, you're just wrong, he tells parables. <laughs> and he actually tells three back to back. One is about the lost sheep, which we're talking about today. The second goes into the lost coin, the lost coin parable. And then the, the third one is the story of the two brothers, or as we know it, the prodigal son. So the point of all three of these is to communicate God's love for us, particularly for the lost, which is beautiful. Um, so let's read it. We're going to start from Luke 15, 1 through 7. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to them. If you, not, if you don't, then just listen to me. Here we go. Jesus began, became increasingly popular among notorious sinners, tax collectors, and other social outcasts. The Pharisees and religious scholars noticed this. This man welcomes immoral people and enjoys their company over a meal. So then Jesus says this, Wouldn't 
every single one of you, if you have a hundred sheep and lose one, leave the 99 in their grazing lands and go out searching for the lost sheep until you find it. And when you find the lost sheep, wouldn't you hoist it over your shoulders feeling wonderful? And when you go home, wouldn't you call your friends and neighbors? Wouldn't you say, come over and celebrate because I found my lost sheep. <laughs> this is how it is going to be in heaven. They're happier over one sinner who changes his way of life than they are over 99 good and just people who don't need to change their ways. <laughs> there are so many great lessons in here. I'm going to highlight four today that I think are particularly important for what we're all going through and experiencing right now. The first one is this. It is absolutely instinctual to stick together, but very natural to wander and get lost. That's number one. So I did some Sheep 101 research, and I found that the instinct to play follow the leader is very hardwired in the sheep's brain. They don't even think about it. They can't help themselves from sticking close to the sheep just right in front of them. The paths they walk are not straight. They walk these winding trails so they can see behind them first with one eye and then with the other so they can watch for predators. It's fascinating. Their survival instincts prompt them to hang together in a flock to avoid the predators. Now, a sheep will become highly agitated if it is separated from the group. <laughs> and then there's this. When threatened by a predator, sheep will flee. And in doing so, sometimes the sheep gets lost. These survival instincts of this, these social animals mirror us. They mirror human beings. We stick together. We follow each other. Even if it's sometimes not the wisest thing to do, we just do what's right in front of us. Do what the crowd or the flock's doing. We walk a winding path. We watch for predators. And if we feel threatened, our need to flee will override that other survival instinct. And in fleeing, we do sometimes get lost. This is natural, and I find that so comforting. It is natural for us to get lost. Also, have you ever thought about the fact that it was just one sheep that got lost? Why not two or three? Why didn't Jesus say two or three? I think this illustrates the fact that God allows each one of us free will. He's going to allow us to make our own choices, even when they're the wrong ones, or even when the, one, the ones he didn't really want us to make. He wants us to love him and to worship him out of our own free will, not from any pressure or force. So this brings me to number two. It comes out clearly. God sees us individually and loves us uniquely. So often we get too, we give up too easy. We settle for less than we want. And, and I, I, I can name things in my own life where I've done this. So I'm going to give you an example. If you had 100,000 kwacha and you either lost 1,000 or someone maybe stole it from you, would you really go looking for the 1,000 kwacha? 
Or wouldn't you just be excited that you still have 99,000? Or would you really fight back a thief for 1,000 when you still had the 99,000? I don't think I would. Now, in this story, God represents the shepherd, and we represent the sheep. So that might not be fun to think about or even a bit of a weird analogy, but in the ancient world, this was actually a perfect analogy because a shepherd's sheep were his life. They were everything to him. Every one of them was prized and precious. They were literally the most important thing in his life. So in this parable, Jesus is trying to explain that the kingdom of God is not like that 1,000 kwacha story. The shepherd does notice the one sheep that he is gone or she is gone. And he feels compelled to go after them. So, and, and you can think about this for yourself. When something is lost, the value of it always intensifies. I, I can think of um, several times where, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I, haven't, I have to find this. Where is it? Where is it? Whereas before, it wasn't meaningful to me at all. This is the same thing. Sheep, always important to a shepherd. But when one is lost, its value is almost intensified. So maybe the better analogy instead of the quacha example is a puzzle. If there were a thousand pieces in a puzzle, but you lost one, it would be so clear and obvious that there was one missing. And you would search, because if, at least if you were anal retentive like me, you would search because the puzzle couldn't be complete or finished without it. This is exactly what this is like. The shepherd's heart was absolutely torn open by that lost sheep. All he could think about was finding that one sheep. Now, that's why I say each one of us, this is, the, this is the, one of the points of the parable, each one of us is known individually by God and loved deeply as our unique self. He knows who we are. Now, think about your own life. The more intimately that we are connected to someone, the more we agonize when we're separated from them. Those people that we are less connected from when, we, when they're distant or when they go away, we don't feel that as much. Now, the only difference with God is that really nothing separates us from his love. So this is number three. God is going to search for you when you get lost, but so will others. <laughs> so... If the shepherd did not actually go out and seek his lost sheep, it would not have found its way back home on its own. I think that's interesting to just say again. If the shepherd didn't go out and seek the lost sheep, he would not have found his way back. God is going to search for the lost. He's going to leave the 99 or his whole flock, however big it is, and he's going to search for you. That is the kingdom of God. Not one of us is lost to God, ever. He's always going to be searching, even if it takes his entire, our entire life. And I think, it's, I think it's interesting to know that looking for sheep was actually quite dangerous. Many shepherds would lose their lives going off the beaten path to find the sheep. They would have, the sheep would go off on these wayward trails to the edge of cliffs, very dangerous territory. 
And you know, that's exactly where they would go. And the shepherd would have to follow. Meaning the shepherd would actually risk his own or her own life to save the sheep. Now, let's talk about the lost. What does that really mean to be lost? And with God, we live in community with each other. So to talk about being lost is really to talk about being separated from one another. In some ways, it's like the sheep was lost because it was part of a flock to begin with. The very fact that it belonged to a flock led to the fact that when the shepherd started counting the heads, it was obvious that one was missing. If you liken that to a church community like ours, we know when people are around and when you don't show up. We know that because we know you and we love you and you're part of our community. You committed to us and we committed to you. That's the essence of the kingdom of God. We are family. That's what we always say at Flood. You leave us family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're joined by this love and allegiance to Jesus. And because we belong to this body of Christ, when one is missing, even just one, something about us as individuals and as a, as a, as a core group, something is missing too, and we feel it. So being lost has to do with the connection we have to each other. We're all interrelated. So to talk about one who is lost is at the same time to talk about the effect of one who is lost, how that is on others. Meaning, when you are lost, what does that do to the people that are around you, your flock? In the story, now, the other sheep don't go on a search <laughs> for, the, for the one lost, just the shepherd. But in, in our lives, with people, we do. Think about families torn apart by addiction. That's the one that comes to my mind. That doesn't affect just the one who's the addict. It affects every part of their social network. And until that person is healthy and whole, the whole crew feels it. They're all impacted. And so when there is one lost one, the community he or she is lost from is going to feel it. And it's interesting because, in fact, Jesus commands us to actually go and search for the lost. So the same parable is told actually in Matthew as well. So we read it from Luke, but it's told in Matthew. But the, in the Gospel of Matthew, the parable has a totally different audience. Instead of Jesus talking to the Pharisees, he's actually talking to the disciples, the crew, the flock. And he essentially says in this, by, by giving these, by saying this parable to the disciples, that it is God's deep desire for us to go after our brothers and sisters as persistently as the shepherd does for that one sheep. So this brings me to the fourth point. God is going to welcome you home and celebrate, and so will others. <laughs> so often when we are lost, we, are, we actually run from people. Um, people that we love, usually. And we, we often run from God, too. And running isn't a bad thing. Remember, we usually get lost because we're feeling threatened. And so that's instinctual, and we should listen to that. But let's be clear about 
making sure that we're not running from God because we want to escape punishment or we're fearful of what he will say or do to us. God is definitely going to search for you. But when he finds you, it's not going to be about punishment. It's going to be a huge reunion. And it's going to be a huge celebration. Jesus came to rescue the lost, to bring us home, to seek, to save, to celebrate those who are lost. So, when we go, we could go as far as saying that God actually loves us more when we're lost. I've always struggled with this one, but God, God actually probably loves us more when we're lost. And, and think about that, because the coming home is so much more of a big deal. Think about loss. Think about how you feel. Think about, the, think about grief that you've experienced, the pain, the disconnection that you feel. And then the person comes back. That feels amazing. <laughs> I mean, so amazing that you, you celebrate. And as the parable says, you hoist that sheep on your shoulders, feeling wonderful. Even here, Jesus says the shepherd is going to throw a big party with his friends and neighbors over that one sheep. I mean, this is, can you even picture this? And if you remember, the prodigal son story that Jesus told two, two parables after this is, is similar. The father does the same thing in that story. And the key here across all three of these is that you repent. That might sound a bit strange for the lost sheep parable, but... When we come, when we're coming home or being found, that's kind of part of being, that's, that's implied here in the lost sheep story. We essentially are coming back to the Father or being found by the shepherd and put back with the herd. We repent from our laboring, our fleeing, our fear. And God's going to look at us when we do that and just say, I am so, so glad that you are home. There's going to be more celebration and more happiness, this is what Luke says, for one sinner or one wayward sheep that has changed his or her way of life than the other 99 good and just people who always stay on the straight path and didn't change, didn't need to change any of their ways. So, I'm going to ask you to do some internal thinking this morning. I know we're not together, but we can do it where we are. I'm going to ask you some questions to search your own heart. So my first question is, who in our community is lost? Do we, the flock, need to search for them? And if a name is coming to mind... I am empowering you to do this as an individual or in connection with one of the leaders. Go and find them. Go and find our people. And let's bring them back. Let's bring them home. Now, how is your heart? Uh, John's version, my husband, um, his version of this is, how is your soul? He used to ask this to people when we would literally just walk up to them, and it was very <laughs> alarming, such a deep question. But how is your soul? Do you feel lost right now? 
maybe you have used this physical distancing as a great excuse to begin to wander away from the flock. Can you even recognize your way? I know sometimes we don't even recognize or realize that we are lost or want to admit that we are. And I know other times we're so lost that we can't even see a path back. Is that where you are? If, if that is the case, if you have one mustard, strength, mustard seed of strength just to reach out to the, one of the leaders and say, I'm lost, that's all you have to text. We'll do, we'll do the rest. I also want to say, just in case there's assumptions about being lost, that it's not, I don't think it's an all or nothing thing, meaning it doesn't mean everything about us as a person, as our, as our whole, that we are lost or we are not. I think there are times when there are pieces of our lives or aspects of us that are just wandering around. We can't figure things out. We have been separated from God. We've been separated from our flock for some for something, for some reason. And in fact, I've, I almost bet that everyone uh, has had an experience where you need to be brought back home or found. And if you haven't, well done, get ready, uh, because you probably will. And just to be fully transparent about myself, I shared with you all a few weeks ago when I talked about the parable of the sower, that I was going to start doing some toiling of my own soil. And I am here to tell you that I've started that. And that being the toiling or counseling. And I have wandered, this is one piece of my life, I have wandered on this one piece of my life for over 20 years now. And uh, it does, if, if I'm just heart on the table, it does separate me from God. It has. Um, it separated me in the sense that it inhibits my ability to feel God's unconditional love for me, which is the main point of this parable. Uh, it also uh, separates me from John. It has. Um, and he's the person who's supposed to be the deliverer of God's tangible love to me as my life partner. Um, I hold on to a lot of hurt because of this, and I there are several people that I need to forgive, and at some point after my toiling, I'm going to have to ask God for forgiveness for not forgiving this long. Um, and to be fair to myself, this is one of the hardest things, things that I think I will push myself uh, through, uh, as it's very deeply entrenched in me, and I, I really can't see my path out. That's why I decided to seek a professional counselor, because I, I can't seek it. And to me, a counselor is, is someone of our community. It's a Christian person, and they can help us come back to the flock. They can help us come back to God. And when I was preparing the message on the sower, I felt God just saying, Andy, just take the first step back. Like, just, just try to reach out. That message of, I'm lost, right? That's the message. Like, just strike two words to us. I'm lost, if you can. And I just heard him say, like, I will see you there. I will find you there. I'm, I'm searching. I'm trying to get, I'm trying for you. 
And all I can say back is like, geez, I hope he, I hope he does. Uh, I sure hope he does. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best. So I'll, I'll just ask you again internally to think for a moment again. Are there any areas of your life, any aspects that you are lost, that you feel like you need nudging to come back to the Father? Do you need help feeling reconnected to the flock? Or maybe you just need help discerning something right now. Being a part like this since really March uh, is really unnatural for all of us. And so I, I'm just going to encourage you again to reach out to us. Let's find ways to support each other in community. Uh, and even if you are like on the mountaintop right now, like just thriving in this, Great, we need you. Keep our flock together. And just remember that we have hope from this parable in God's love. The fact that it's beyond measure for us. It's unconditional. Even when we've gone astray, when we've lost, when we're wandering away, and maybe even more because we've gotten lost. Don't feel any shame about that. Don't feel any shame about being lost. It's totally natural to do it. God's going to come and search for you and search for me, even if it takes your whole life. And so will those in our flock. And whenever that day comes when you can ask for help or seek forgiveness, it's going to be an awesome day. And it's going to be one step closer to seeing the kingdom here on earth, just as Jesus hoped for. Amen. God, thank you so much for this day and for this teaching in this parable. Uh, it was such a poignant message back when, when it was said the first time. And it is such a poignant message to our hearts today. So relevant. God, thank you for your unconditional love and for even reaching, trying to reach us when we're lost because we will be at some point. If we're not now, we will be or we have been and we can be grateful for coming back to the flock. God, you know that our flock is literally all scattered all over this earth. Here in Malawi, other countries, I just ask that you help us feel connected, that you strengthen us as a community and that you just pour into us to say that even though we're not physically together right now, we are spiritually and souls. We are we're together. We're together inside. And God, I I just ask that you give us the strength and the courage to take a magnifying glass to our hearts and um look over and see where do we need to work? Where do we need to work on ourselves in the sense of are there places where we're lost that we need to come back to you on, Father? Thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for continuing to search for us and find us and celebrate, to celebrate. Thank you for that. Be with us this week as we continue to walk this very windy path of life. Keep us connected and let us know that you're with us. 
I ask all this in your name. Amen.